0: Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll with vocalizations by Eric Anderson. Chapter 7. A Mad Tea Party There was a table set out under a tree in front of the house. The March Hare and the Hatter were having tea at it. The Dormouse was sitting between them, fast asleep, and the other two were using it as a cushion, resting their elbows on it and talking over its head. "'Very uncomfortable for the Dormouse,' thought Alice." Only, as it's asleep, I suppose it doesn't mind. The table was a large one, but the three were all crowded together at one corner of it. (coughs) No room! No room! No room! They cried out when they saw Alice coming. There's plenty of room, said Alice indignantly. And she sat down in a large armchair at one end of the table. Have some wine, the March Hare said in an encouraging tone. Alice looked all round the table, but there was nothing on it but tea. I don't see any wine, she remarked. "'Oh, there isn't any.' "'Huh. Then it wasn't very civil of you to offer it.' Uh, "'It wasn't very civil of you to shit down without being invited.' "'I didn't know it was your table. It's laid out for a great many more than three. <laughs> "'Your hair wants cutting,' said the Hatter. Ugh. "'He'd been looking at Alice for some time with great curiosity, and this was his first speech. "'You should learn not to make personal remarks.' It's very rude. The hatter opened his eyes very wide on hearing this, but all he said was, Why is a raven like a writing desk? Come, we should have some fun now. I'm glad they've begun asking riddles. I believe I can guess that, she added aloud. Do you mean to think you can find out the answer to it? Exactly so. Then you should say what you mean. I do. At least, I mean what I say. It's the same thing, you know. Not the same thing a bit said the Hatter. Why, you might as well just say, I see what I eat is the same thing as I eat what I see. (laughs) You might as well just say that I like what I get is the same thing as I get what I like. You might as well just say, added the Dormouse, which seemed to be talking in his sleep. That I breathe when I sleep is the same thing as I sleep when I breathe. It is the same thing with you. (laughs) And here the conversation dropped and the party sat silent for a minute. While Alice thought over all she could remember about ravens and writing desks, which wasn't much, the Hatter was the first to break the silence. What day of the month is it? He said, turning to Alice. He had taken his watch out of his pocket and was looking at it uneasily, shaking it every now and then and holding it to his ear. Alice considered a little and then said, mm, The fourth. Two days wrong. I told you butter wouldn't suit the works, he added, looking angrily at the March Hare. It was the mash butter. Yes, but some crumbs must have got in as well. You shouldn't have put it in with a bread knife. The March Hare took the watch and looked at it gloomily. Then he dipped it into his cup of tea and looked at it again. But he could think of nothing better to say than his first remark. It was the mash butter, you know. Alice had been looking over his shoulder with some curiosity. What's a funny watch? She remarked. It tells the day of the month, and it doesn't tell what o'clock it is. Why should it? Does your watch tell you what year it is? Of course not, Alice replied very readily. But that's because it stays the same year for such a long time together. Which is just the case with (laughs) mine. Alice felt dreadfully puzzled. The Hatter's remarks seemed to her to have no sort of meaning in it, and yet it was certainly English. I don't quite understand you, she said as politely as she could. Oh, the Dormouse is asleep again, (laughs) said the hatter, and he poured a little hot tea upon its nose. The Dormouse shook its head impatiently and said without opening its eyes, Of course, of course, just what I was going to remark myself. Have you guessed at the riddle yet? The hatter said, turning to Alice again. No, I give up. What's the answer? I haven't the slightest idea. (laughs) Nor I, said the march hare. Alice sighed wearily. I think he might do something better with the time than wasting it and asking riddles that have no answers. If you knew time as well as I do, you wouldn't talk about wasting it. It's him. I don't know what you mean. Of course you don't, the hatter said, tossing his head contemptuously. I dare say you never spoke to time. Perhaps not. But I know I have to beat time when I learn music. Ah, well that accounts for it. He won't STAND a beating. Now, if you could only keep on good terms with him, he'd do almost ANYTHING you liked with the clock. For instance, suppose it were 9 o'clock in the morning, just time to begin lessons. You'd only have to whisper a hint to time, and round goes the clock in a twinkling. Half past one, time for dinner. <laughs> I only wish it was, the March Hare said to itself in a whisper. That would be grand, certainly. But then I shouldn't be hungry for it, you know. Not at first, perhaps. But you could keep it to half past one as long as you like. Is that the way you manage? The hatter shook his head mournfully. Not I. We quarrelled last March. Just before he went mad, you know. Pointing with his teaspoon at the March Hare. It was a great concert given by the Queen of Hearts, and I had to sing Twinkle, twinkle, little bat, how I wonder what you're at. You know the song, perhaps? I've heard something like it. It goes on, you know. In this way. Up above the world you fly like a tea tray in the sky. Twinkle, twinkle. Here, <laughs> The other door shook itself and began singing in its sleep. Twinkle, 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 twinkle. twinkle it went on twinkle, so long that they twinkle, had to pinch it to make twinkle. it stop. Oi! Well... I'd hardly finished the first verse. When the queen bawled out, he's murdering the time. Off with his head. How dreadfully savage. And ever since that, he won't do a thing I ask. It's always six o'clock now. Huh. A bright idea came into Alice's head. Is that the reason so many tea things are put out here? Yes, it's that. It's always tea time, and we have no time to wash the things between whiles. Then you keep moving around, I suppose. Exactly so, as the things get used up. But what happens when you come to the beginning again? (sighs) Suppose we change the subject, the March Hare interrupted, yawning. I'm getting tired of this. I vote the young lady tells us a story. I'm afraid I don't know one, said Alice, rather alarmed at the proposal. Then the Dormouse shut. Then the Dormouse shut. Wake up! Wake up, Dormouse! Wake up, Dormouse. And they pinched it on both sides at once. Oi! The dormouse slowly opened its eyes. I wasn't asleep. I heard every word you fellows were saying. Tell us a story. Yes, please do. And be quick about it, or you'll be asleep again before it's done. <laughs> once upon a time, there were three sisters, and their names were Elsie and Lacey and Tilly, and they lived at the bottom of the well. What did they live on? said Alice, who always took great interest in questions of eating and drinking. Uh, they lived on treacle. They couldn't have done that, you know. They would have been ill. And so they were, very ill. Alice tried a little to fancy to herself what such an extraordinary way of living would be like, but it puzzled her too much. So she went on. But why did they live at the bottom of the well? Take some more tea, the march Hare said to Alice, very honestly. I've had nothing yet, so I can't take more. You mean you can't take less, said the Hatter. It's very easy to take more than nothing. Nobody asked your opinion. Oh, who's making personal remarks now? (laughs) Alice did not know quite what to say to this, so she helped herself to some tea and bread and butter, and then turned to the Dormouse and repeated her question. Why did they live at the bottom of the well? The Dormouse again took a minute or two to think about it, and then said, Uh... It was your treacle well. There's no such thing. Alice was beginning very angrily, but the Hatter and the March Hare went shh, shh, and the Dormouse sulkily remarked, Hey, if you can't be civil, you'd better finish the story for yourself. No, please go on. I won't interrupt you again. I, I, I dare say there may be one. One indeed. "'said the Dormouse indignantly. "'However, he consented to go on. "'And so these three little sisters, "'they were learning to draw, you know.' "'What did they draw?' said Alice, "'quite forgetting her promise. "'Er... treacle. "'I want a clean cup. "'Let's all move one place on.' "'He moved on as he spoke, "'and the Dormouse followed him, "'and the March Hare moved into the Dormouse's place, "'and Alice rather unwillingly took the place of the March Hare. "'The Hatter was the only one who got any advantage from the change.' Alice was a good deal worse off than before, as the March Hare had just upset the milk jug onto his plate. Alice did not wish to offend the Dormouse again, so she began very cautiously. But I don't understand. Where did they draw the treacle from? You can draw water out of a water well, so I should think you can draw treacle out of a treacle well. Eh, stupid? But they were in the well. Of course they were. Well in. This answer so confused poor Alice that she let the Dormouse go on for some time without interrupting it. They were learning to draw, the Dormouse went on, yawning and rubbing its eyes, for it was getting very sleepy. And they do all manner of things, everything that begins with an M. Why with an M? Why not? said the March Hare. Alice was silent. The Dormouse had closed its eyes by this time and was going off into a doze. But on being pinched by the hatter, it woke up again with a little shriek and went on. "Hey, that begins with an M, such as mouse traps, and moon and memory and muchness. You know you say things are much of a muchness. Did you ever see such a thing as a drawing of a muchness? Really, now, you ask me. I don't think. Then you shouldn't talk. (laughs) This piece of rudeness was more than Alice could bear. She got up in great disgust and walked off. The Dormouse fell asleep instantly, and neither of the others took the least notice of her going, though she looked back once or twice, half hoping they would call after her. The last time she saw them, they were trying to put the Dormouse into the teapot. (laughs) At any rate, I'll never go there again, said Alice as she picked her way through the wood. It's the stupidest tea party I was ever at in all my life. Just as she said this, she noticed that one of the trees had a door leading right into it. That's very curious, she thought, but everything's curious today. I may as well go in at once. And she went in. Once more, she found herself in the long hall and close to the little glass table. Now, I'll manage better this time, she said to herself and began by taking the little golden key and unlocking the door that led into the garden. Then she set to work nibbling at the mushroom. She kept a piece of it in her pocket till she was about a foot high. Then she walked down the little passage. And then she found herself at last in the beautiful garden among the bright flower beds in the cool fountains. End of chapter 7 All Voices, Sound Editing and Mixing by Eric Anderson Introductory Music by Matthew Rodzepp.